0: This week on the podcast, a listener tells us about their all-new resting mechanics for DD and how it's enhanced their game. Speaking of which, I'm going for a snooze. Welcome to We Speak Common.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: How you doing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not too bad. If we do this for over a year now, you think we'd have a decent intro.
0: Yeah, I know. We just sort of wing it every time.
1: Yeah, but every time it's, hi. <laughs> but it's, it's like that, that moment where we've been talking for like 20 minutes anyway, and yeah. then it's like, hi.
0: But you just got to reset the conversation.
1: Yeah, start again. How are you, Jay? You all right? I'm very well, thank you.
0: Um, good, good, good. Pretty hyped for today's session, I might add.
1: So what two weeks ago we talked about dragons and setting up and we said after the the actual encounter we'd talk about it Well, the encounter happens today today Today. in a
0: few hours time I'll be rolling some d20s to kill that dragon
1: okay I mean are you gonna straight up
0: try and just murder him straight away Ben I'm gonna be honest with you mate yes The session will end with either me or the dragon dying. So there's, I mean, there's no real (laughs) way
1: around Mm. that, okay? You've already died once as well. I can't let you come back again.
0: Well, this is it then.
1: Everyone at that table gets one revive. That's (laughs) the rule. That's the unspoken rule. The stakes are high. Hmm. Okay. Well, we will talk about it eventually. Um, And we should say uh, the release of this episode marks the, uh, the end of the competition for Odyssey of the Dragon Lords, which is running on Twitter if you haven't entered by now sorry mate snooze you lose snooze you lose um, we will be announcing a winner on Twitter we might have already done it if you're listening um, in the afternoon it could be you it could be you it could be I mean there's there's two people and at, at time of recording or the last time I checked anyway we had over 50 entries mm. so uh, a lot of people a lot of people get involved it's a good book good book um, a few people on Twitter really excited about it i posted it in the odyssey reddit which hasn't got a lot of action at the moment but i thought i'll, I'll stick it there because um, it's you know it's on on brand for them relevant relevant and uh someone said even though i've read the whole book it was really nice hearing you guys talk about it and go through it and explain bits so that was nice nice to read we're dumb and don't know anything exactly we're <laughs> just a couple of bricks mate <laughs> oh todgers um okay so we've had a couple of emails as well which is what i want to talk about um I basically sat you down, Joe, and said, "Today we're talking about rests." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've decided. That's good. I need um, more of them. Me too. Um, but we'll, we'll go over these uh, these topics, these emails, because they sort of they lead themselves into it um, quite well. So the first one's from Raymond O'Connor. He says, "Hello, Ben and Joe. Started listening around to episode thirty-four. Um, your D D podcast is my favorite around. So Aww. thanks, Raymond. Also, love the name Raymond because it reminds me of everybody loves Ray on E4. Anyway." Uh, you didn't watch that, did you? No. I realised every day that you had no childhood, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, no, Ben, I was out there watching
0: classic films Like what? timeless. Like ben. what? Like Gladiator, Ben. How many times? <laughs> How many times are we going to go over this? <laughs> <laughs> calling gladiator a classic film it is classic it will oh. be timeless people will be watching it in a hundred years Ben okay? okay
1: all right fine whatever I'll watch it eventually <sighs> uh, he said it's, it's wonderfully insightful and the banter is delightfully entertaining <laughs> so oh, that's good. there we go in <laughs> classic films um, particularly inspired by your nuts and bolts of high level encounters and the excitement for Odyssey of the Dragon Lords led me to find its Kickstarter etc etc he's just basically saying nice things and I love him so here we go thought I'd share uh, send some stuff your way and see what sticks number one what are your thoughts about an endless vault
0: hmm.
1: uh, It's um, it would be multiple rooms which allows for wacky themes for each different room the difficulty and quality of loot increases as the players go deeper uh, I like that it is up to the players to decide when it would be irresponsible to delve deeper they might get trapped or killed etc
0: well I mean we can answer that one they're never going to decide that and they will no, just, just keep die going. eventually they'll I mean what, what what party have you ever known to go guys this is um this is a bit
1: above our level i think we should come back later <laughs>
0: when have you ever heard that ever? <laughs> you know what i mean it
1: just doesn't happen That's true i feel like um, it would be good for like a one off party game like to mm. see how like just be like right okay we b- b- take the whole day off everybody come around the house at like six in the morning we're going to see how long the games goes on and they either they play for two hours and die or they play for seven you'd have to 9 desi- nine you'd have
0: to design the encounters very well because yeah. otherwise it would just become a slog yeah you need to vary up the mechanics and also make build the encounters in such a way that they're not lasting like four or five hours per room mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. which uh, a lot of dnd combats Does. can go that yeah. way
1: yeah. It's interesting, I like it. Um I think if you put it in your main campaign you might you might never see the light of day that they'll just delve deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and never come back out. Mm. maybe that's the hook. Maybe a party went went in there and never came back out again. And they're still there
0: to this day. That'd be fun though. You could find like other parties.
1: How annoying would it be that are though? Dead. You're like you get through five rooms and all the loot's already gone and you're like, How deep did they go? No, but
0: that would be a fun mechanic. I think like you so you start getting loot every room, yeah. but then like you get to like room six and there's no loot and you go from like 6 to 10 and there's no loot and then if you get to 11 you find like a dead party that's like fully kitted out with all those yeah, rooms loot so that that would
1: be cool so then you get a little big power jump and That'd then you're fun. like, okay, now we're going to go to room 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, okay, his second one is, what are your thoughts on incentivizing your players to avoid rests and the difficult ways to do so? I feel that adds a fresh challenge to the game and forces players to put uh, to play smart and use every tool in their toolbox, both from a mechanical perspective and role play. If you know you're going to be out of spells eventually, you're more likely to try to avoid combat and talk your way out of things. Well, um, I've only
0: done this uh, really, I would say, once. Yeah, that I've really tried to enforce it, and that was when you guys were travelling up like the mountain pass. Yes, I remember this. And there were there was quite a lot of uh, I was adding in some exhaustion mechanics from the travelling mm-hmm. and whatnot. So you were getting exhaustion from pushing on, but you also like unable to rest because it was just so difficult to rest and to um and to push on. And then I think you managed to find a spot sort of on the side of the cliff or whatever where you did manage to rest, and then. I was like, well, I ain't going to let these guys rest. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not going to happen. So I did yeah. it. a little encounter, but then, to be fair, the wizard was so clever with the illusions and whatnot
1: mm-hmm. that
0: I sort of just let you rest there anyway, because I was like, mm, okay, that's quite clever. Yeah, yeah. But the gist was they were being chased by manticores and whatnot and wolves and things, and they disguised their presence with some illusions. We basically
1: hugged a wall and then the illusion wizard. Yeah, a and then there was like, Yeah, and there was yeah. like a little
0: bit of an avalanche cave in which you then use to your advantage. Yeah. To, and it was pretty cool actually. So I was like, okay, fine. You
1: yeah. Can, Rule of cool. And, if yeah. it if it's cool, then I'll let it happen. Yeah,
0: but I wasn't just gonna let you just plonk up on the side of the mountain against yeah. the elements and you
1: know. so this is what I want to talk about because I see lots of people talking about rests and how they can diminish um tension and experience sometimes. And I have experienced it myself when I've built up this big epic encounter and I've and I've built up like the build up to it and, and the, the, the adventuring day as the DM's guide says, uh, calls it and how to make sure that you're at a point where you haven't got everything but you've got enough to make it through by the skin of your teeth and like you know I've really designed it but then you're like we're going to rest before we go into that room because we know the boss is in there and then I'm sat there like okay well how do I how do I stop you from resting because I can't stop you from resting because it's part of the game but at the same time it's not realistic that you'd be able to rest outside the lich's doom uh, you know like he's just going to walk out the door and be like what are you doing he's <laughs> sleeping in my house maybe that happens then you know, do you know what I mean like, he just pops out but, but then people, I feel like it's easy for players to feel cheesed off by stuff like that
0: yes well I think it depends kind of on the setting so in like certain one shots I don't think it matters too much and mm. like when I'm running a one shot I kind of want my players to be rested just because I enjoy building encounters that are balanced for a fully keyed out party. Yeah. You know, I want them to use their... Like, the thing is, you know, I I don't want my players to get to the boss and then the wizard not have his fifth level spell slot Mm. because I want him to use, you know, the epic spells against the epic creatures. You know what I mean? And, um... But then, at the same time, if you know the wizard blows his his wall of force on a goblin, then that's his fault. Why? <laughs> you know, why? He was a dangerous little little bugger. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it's kind of I'm kind of torn on it. I generally am pretty lenient when it comes to resting, just because I en- I just yeah. en- I enjoy the more epic battles mm-hmm. as such. Um, but there is something to be said about. Having a party that's very drained and sort of skin of their teeth, but I also think it. You can't do it all the time. No, but, no, like, uh, but I think it depends on classes as well. Yeah. Like, you can. I think it's pretty fun to, like, drain a fighter mm-hmm. because, uh, say, like, so oh, the fighter's used its action surge, right? Maybe it's got a second wind it can use, right? It's used its indomitable, and the hit points are low. Like, you can imagine that, like, rugged, like, bloodied fighter that's like, still yeah. going but the fighter still has its main resource which is its extra attack which it never loses mm-hmm. so it's still effective and he still feels like he's doing stuff but I think if a wizard's uses all its spell slots it's casting cantrips it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a wizard no. anymore it doesn't feel like that the epic fantasy you're trying to pr-
1: portray remember that because I want to get back to that point and
0: I feel like it's the same problem with like uh, a paladin like that's when I play Galahad I'm Can't always, I'm always like really careful with my smites because mm-hmm. as soon as I run out of smites I'm literally just like a worse fighter yeah and yeah. so i just it doesn't feel as good so i think if you've got like a party of um i don't know like like i say you've got fighters and barbarians and i think that even those when they have a little bit of resource left they still mm-hmm. feel really fun mm-hmm. but i think it's the spell casters and like like monks are terrible when they have no key points yeah. like it just sucks so to be a monk with no key
1: points bear all that in mind when i read the next email to you because I think we're going to have a conversation about that. Um, before we get into that, my ten, my, my rule tends to be if the party can tell me uh, a creative, interesting way that they make it safe for them to rest, then I'll let them rest. So if they're in a dungeon or they're in a tomb or a temple or something and there's flaming skulls floating around outside and they're like, right, okay, we're going to do this to block the door. We're going to do this for the watch. We're going to do this for this. We're going to do this for this. And if it's foolproof, not foolproof, but if it's yeah, well thought, thought about out, it. then... Okay, fine. You can have an hour to sit and rest. And then they get
0: to level five and cast Tiny Hut. And- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's <Lesson laughs> not talk about Tiny Hut. So here's here's what I've got. So Jonathan Taylor sent us an email. and um, Jono. Jono. To be honest, mate, I'm just going to read this to you because he's, he's laid it out really well. So this is his way of getting around... The issues that you can have With short and long rests Sure Bear in mind And he will mention it That the DMG does have An optional rule Which says long rests Last a week Too long He gets into it Don't worry Hi guys, I've been DMing for years at this point and 5th edition is my favourite edition by far One of my gripes with the system uh, is the resting mechanics Specifically how a short rest is 45 minutes I thought it was an hour I thought it was an hour Well, I don't know I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour Um, And a long rest is 8 hours I think that D&D nowadays has a problem of uh, trending towards the 15 minute adventuring day That is to say, a single... nevaying a single encounter and then retreating to rest in my experience there's usually one short rest for every long rest and usually three encounters per long rest so three encounters and then everybody gets their stuff back meanwhile the dmg recommends six to eight encounters a day granted not all of these encounters have to be combats but it's still hard to fit that much content into a single See, that, day
0: that, that's i always thought that's a crazy suggestion a lot, isn't it? that, too that, much. that is insane mm. you know because they're they're saying eight, six encounters
1: even if two or three of them are not combats that's like an Eight-hour session, you know. It's just because that's like role play. That's a prop, a puzzle. That's at least two combats, maybe three. Then maybe another puzzle. Then another role play encounter. There's seven for you. Well, just think
0: about it. Even if you say each combat is just three turns. You know mm. what I mean? That's that's 24
1: turns. Yeah. So, like, that's also I so way, long. If you're having three combat encounters and you're getting XP for those and you're fighting, you know, big enough enemies to to net you a decent amount of XP and then you're getting XP for roleplay and puzzle solving on top of that as well. Like you're going to blast through those early levels. Mm. It's a lot. Um so yeah I agree granted not all of these encounters have to be combats but it is still hard to fit that much content into a single day as a DM I attempted to counter this by making my encounters harder which was my first thought as well Mm -hmm. but I realised that this was a mistake it only encouraged my players to rest more yes
0: (laughs) Yes. I had exactly the same thing I've had that as well because I initially was challenging my players I remember I don't know if you remember when you first started Mm. in my game there were a lot of near TPKs like really there was one particularly with a load of in the first quest you had to retreat like when you're in the mines and it was all all going to song and i was thinking why isn't it's this like it's all gone pizza. <laughs> <laughs> i was like why ain't this working like and then i just thought it's it's not fun to no. be up against it all the time um and you don't feel very heroic i or- don't mind it at the lower levels though if i was up against it all that's the time the after fifth level i'd be annoyed well, that's the thing at lower levels it's not too bad i kind of expect but it but then even then like if we have a really tough encounter with some goblins at level one i mm. At level three, I want to feel like I can I can smash those goblins. You know, like you want to see the power. This is the same problem in like Skyrim, where the bandit (laughs) everything levels the the bandit is the same difficulty at level one as he is at level ninety. At level ninety, he's in like dragon plate (laughs) mail armor, and you're like, where did you get that from?
1: (laughs) Why are you still a bandit? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Additionally, I found random encounters to be pointless if the party could simply rest during the evening and regain basically everything. Yes. Oh, I hate it so much like they're they're traveling along the King's road and they have a random encounter and then they just rest straight after it's frustrating. See
0: I find that. When I do random encounters, especially like during arrests or something like that, mm. I'm not really doing it to disrupt the rest or drain their resources. No. I'm generally just, I've just come up with like a fun idea. That they want to like, throw in. Yeah, yeah. You know, oftentimes it's like a, like the silly or, bandit that keeps accosting you, yeah. like in those early adventures. You know, he was never going to be a challenge. He's never going to drain your resources. It's just a fun encounter. I just thought it'd
1: be a bit yeah. of fun. Or I do it to make the world feel more realistic. It's exactly. like, if you're walking through the forest, yeah, you might see a bear. Doesn't mean you have to fight it.
0: No, it's just, it's inconsequential, but it's just flavour.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Over the last six months but I've we been we using... will tame it Ben
0: No And keep it as no, our own sh-
1: No You've already got an owlbear <laughs> I shouldn't have given you that uh, Over the Don't give your party pets It's just hassle Over the last six months I've been using a different system And I've been loving it Eight hour short rests And 24 hour long rests Okay
0: Interesting Hold the
1: thoughts I'm on board thus far Okay good um, The DMG has an alternative rule Similar to this But the long rest is one week Too long in my opinion I agree First of all, gameplay. It's much better with this system. So he says, I have a newfound appreciation for the Warlock and Monk classes with this system. Let's say you're traveling overland for several days and you're throwing random encounters at your players and the Wizard and Paladin can feel their characters getting more tired, slowly losing resources. Very thematic. When the wizard decides to cast their third level spell, everyone pays attention. Mm. He might not get another one for a little bit. Meanwhile, the monk just meditates every night and bounces back, hit dice excluded. This was always what the monk should have been like, but it never really came to fruition in the old system. Mm -hmm. The monk is
0: always starved of key points, I think, in the standard monk edition.
1: That's another point. How often have you heard a player run out of a hit dice past level three? (laughs) never uh, it almost never happened to me hit dice were always an expendable resource I actually have to encourage I think my players to use the hit well,
0: dice well they've said like and Jeremy Crawford said have said things like this and Mike Merles especially is like yeah. he said like you know hit dice was like a late introduction to the mechanics of the game mm. and as such it's like the most least fleshed out aspect of 5th edition yeah like they they have this mechanic but they don't really do anything with it Mm. and the problem is you can only spend it on one thing which is HP Mm. if you could use hit dice as like a resource on multiple different things maybe you could subsidize it to get more key back or or anything like that The mechanic would actually... People would use it more often. Yeah, and it'd be more in your your mind, but you just don't use it, you know? No. And uh, now Healing Spirit's out, you
1: will never use it. (laughs) That bloody spell. I started off loving it, and now I hate it. Um, We'll get to that later. Um, Now players don't know when they'll get a chance to regain their hit dice, they actually mean something, is what he's saying. So Mm -hmm. I think... And I, and it and also I like makes, it. Dice. It also
0: makes that perk, or that feet, sorry, perk. I've been playing Outworlds, and yeah, uh, yeah. it's got perks on the I brain. haven't
1: even looked at Outworlds yet. Is it good? Oh, it's amazing.
0: Okay, we'll, we'll talk later. It's like if Bethesda was still good.
1: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no shame there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, no, but it's like that feet. I can't remember what it's called. Um, Tough? Be- yeah. Where well, you get plus two. No, tough's point. the one where you get extra. No, but the one where you can, like, maximise your hit dice rolls automatically. Yes. I or know, whatever it is. Mean, yeah. You know I mean? It'd make that very useful. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I like hit dice as a system. I think it makes short rests meaningful. But <clears throat> then we have the problem that we're getting on now like, how often can they do it? Uh, he goes on to say, I have heard some player... Uh, some people say that this messes with balance, but I disagree. I think that the long rest characters have had... Uh, I think that the long rest characters have had uh, is it uh, has been too good for too long. They've had it too good for too long, is what you're saying. Sure. Um, they usually dominated party decisions and would push for long rests at every opportunity. The result was a warlock who felt underpowered and underappreciated. Now, when the party wizard is pushing for a long rest, you can ask, "You want to bed down in this mystical forest for 24 hours? Yeah, that's cool. I'm sure no random encounters will occur in that time frame." <laughs> Rolls dice yes nice Uh, this rest system can make a seemingly mundane achievement like finally arriving at a town into a monumental sigh of relief your table physically feels uh, relieved to get to their hit get their hit dice and spell slots back but it's much easier to role play an exhausted adventurer when you are just that exhausted finally i want to mention random encounters and pacing we love pacing specifically the change from long rest every night to short rest every night previously you'd have to throw four to six combat encounters at a party a day to realistically strain them i say realistically because you could throw a white dragon at a party of uh, level six adventurers but that isn't sustainable every single day good point in this system I can throw a moderate encounter at level 6 party if you think party. about that
0: that's how broken it is yeah <laughs> it's like if you're long resting every night it's like you can fight a dragon fight a day. day yeah
1: exactly in this system I can throw a moderate encounter at a level 6 party of say 8 to 10 orcs of varying strengths the party will likely clean these guys up but they'll want to keep resource management in the back of their heads the whole time the wizard could just fireball or the paladin could drop a second level smite but when it's the next, when is the next time they're getting those back and if a couple of characters take around 20 damage it isn't nearly as easy to heal that back i do have to mention that the system does have some problems specifically dungeoneering Uh, this is interesting i like this Uh, it isn't feasible in many dungeons brackets tomb of annihilation for example this is my workaround for this i tell the players that they're in dungeoneering mode sounds stupid but i'm not in marketing so whatever (laughs) (laughs) i I like it dungeoneering mode Uh, in this mode players revert back to the original resting rules but they only get a certain amount of rests until they begin to receive levels of exhaustion uh, their bodies, sorry, Mr. Line, uh, the the idea being that these players are exerting themselves beyond their normal limits. Their bodies can't handle this kind of pace forever. The amount of rest they get is usually one long rest and one short rest in my system, but sometimes I go through the count, uh, I go through and count all of the encounters and extend the limit. I like this. I like encounters. this because. um
0: I liked the idea of that dungeoneering mode because, yeah. I, first of all, when he said it, I was like, no, that's, that's silly, that doesn't yeah. make sense. But then I instantly thought about it. But it does, it, doesn't it? And I was like, well, this is kind of realistic. Because so you think about, um, you know, if you ever read books about, like, soldiers or stuff like that, mm. you know, and they're in very high-intensity environments mm-hmm. for extended periods of time, you know, they, they get by on three, four hours sleep a night mm. and whatnot... And they do get their "quote unquote" full rest because mm. they're up and fighting the next day, mm. but it's having a long-term effect. So, like, you do that for a week or two weeks, and, and gonna, then you crash yeah. and you're in serious trouble. And that's your exhaustion. And that's that your there. exhaustion. Yeah. So
1: you can you can push through. I mean, look at trench warfare from like World War Two. Exactly, World War I, you and it can you can push constantly on.
0: You can push through and use that adrenaline and you know that kind of um, heightened awareness for some time, mm. but it will eventually take its
1: toll. So I, I quite like that that. Side- dungeon system. That is the only time we're ever going to mention World War I and World War Two in <laughs> relation to Dungeons & Dragons, I swear. who <laughs> saw that coming? Yeah, but Ben, what
0: about if I just, like, step into the first room of the dungeon just to enter Dungeoneering mode, get my long rest, and then I'm just going to step back no, out, ben, okay? No, no. <laughs> no. Sod <laughs> off. I'm just going to get into the Craig's zone the rest, and then I'll pop back up.
1: So he says that um, the way he's done it is that every 12 encounters is an extra... Uh, short rest and extra long rest he says I don't have the science backing that up backing up that number but I found it uh, after a lot of trial and error um, for, bra- for for example he said Tomb of got two long rests and three short rests for the whole tomb and that's like se- uh, six or nine levels I can't remember so it's that's a bit big <laughs> that's massive dungeon. yeah exactly so it's difficult um, I'd love to hear what you guys think about this system Johnny so I'm thinking about it and I think
0: yes I like it for like warlocks monks Fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Well, they're the main short resters, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for those kind of characters, I think it works, works a dream because, again, it makes them feel important. And I think a D, a, a really good DM can make use of the short rest system currently mm-hmm. in the current campaign. Yes, uh, absolutely. In that, like in in like with the current rules, it just makes it difficult. Um, but like I remember like Matt Mercer saying on Critical Role um, when. Um, Travis, like I said, you want to play a warlock. And again, the main draw of the warlock is they get everything back on a short rest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Problem is, like, in the way they play critical role and the pacing of that story, and that they just never short rest. No. So Matt was, like, thought about changing some of the mechanics of the warlock to make it less reliant or make it better...
1: Without the short rest. Without rests. the
0: benefits of the short rest, yeah. right? But then he thought, well, no, I'll just try and...
1: Encourage. Enforce
0: yeah. more of a short rest mechanic. And I think he has, to a good degree, done so. And if you look at the amount of short rest they take in campaign two to campaign one, it's a lot more. Mm. Um, and it's hard to really put your finger on what he's actually done to achieve that. I think it's a combination of, of pacing, the, encounters...
1: Pacing, encounters, I think environmental factors. And just, I think there's there's subtle ways of suggesting it without saying, do you guys want to take a short rest here?
0: And also, the players... like. Because they're so narratively focused as a group, mm. the players won't do something that is, is technically right. allowed in the rules but doesn't feel congruent with the story. Yeah. So they oftentimes won't just sit and rest for eight hours, even though mechanically they can and it's mm. fine because it just doesn't feel right for that moment. Like the play- What yeah, I love, I mean, about, you've, what you've I love about those players is they're just as in control of the pace as the DM yeah. and they work together to like make it flow. But again, you've got to remember that... But they're very good at what they do. Yeah, that's the they're, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They're, they're, they're not playing as a home game. They're playing No, but that's what I'm saying.
0: So I'm like, you can make it work, but obviously introducing a system like this is very interesting. Mm. I do think... I think this works for spellcasters because, in a way, even though you're limiting the spell slots even more, it's making them feel... Even more powerful, yeah. Because so like, you, like the the like you say, the wizard's hypnotic pattern or something.
1: God, it's massively powerful. It's, it's like it feel. Even though it's
0: mechanically, I feel like
1: you've only just discovered that spell and you're bringing it out all the time. It's, and it, it, I don't like it. It's so strong. <laughs> I'm just, I am it.
0: But I'm thinking about it, like it feels so much more mechanically powerful. Yeah. Than it would do before. Even though you haven't changed anything about it the spell. all the time. Tell you, can't yeah. you can't do
1: it. It makes a, a a fifth level spell for a so what? So haven't. Whatever you, level wizard would you
0: two le- two third level spells at fifth level? You, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it
1: makes a third level spell for a fifth level wizard feel like a ninth level spell for a 20th level wizard. Exactly. It's like you,
0: instead of being able to drop two a day, you know, you can drop maybe two every four or five days, mm. you know, which is huge. And it also has more impact because you're saving more resources for the party, i.e., you drop a fireball on some orcs in the standard rule set, mm. and say so you kill a bunch of them, which means you've saved probably a bunch of damage to the party and whatnot, but it doesn't matter anyway because you are going a long rest yeah. and, you know... It's not a big spectacle. No, so you've yeah. you've saved the party some resources, but the resources have less value. But if you drop that hypnotic pattern, all that fireball, or whatever, and you kill or stun a bunch of orcs, and you save 200 points of damage from the party, mm. that's huge in a system where HP means so much more, and it's so yeah. much more difficult to recover. Also this makes clerics way more important. For healing. Because I think clerics get kind of screwed over in the standard edition of the game with just how easy it is to heal. Yeah. Like, I think, the because, short, because I think now... short resting and hit dice actually hurt hit clerics a lot more in the main game because it's like, oh, we can just short rest, I'll get a bunch of HP back, like which I'm just generating from...
1: Nowhere. Nowhere. Well, the idea is that you're, you're revitalising yeah, yourself, it, like you're it, eating and drinking and exactly sleeping. Exactly, yeah. But...
0: It does make the... He- like, I mean, when do you ever cast, like, a cure wounds to heal someone up in no d d Never. And no I think idea. this is kind of problematic on two levels. One, because it's always more beneficial to let someone go to zero and heal them mm. than it is to... Why bring someone from 10 to 20 when you could bring them from 0 to 10. Yeah. Like and the impact you have from bringing them to 0 to 10
1: is it's so, so much bigger, it's so yeah. much bigger.
0: So you I, if I'm at a cleric, like I'm kind of playing this sick game of dicing with death where I'm yeah. like, okay, he's okay, he's on 1 HP. I'll let him die now. I'll come back to him later. Like, yeah, it's, like... <laughs> you know, and it's not very congruent to like the the majestic so cleric
1: coming into hill. What I'm thinking about is like I like and I agree that I think that the system would make wizards feel so much more powerful but it doesn't actually make them any more powerful it doesn't actually change them up in any way and if anything it hurts them a tiny bit it makes them more mm. more of a challenge to play because you've really got to think forward and i like that because i feel like playing a wizard you have to be that kind of forward thinker it's like you're playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers because you've gotta you've got to really plan ahead and with your prepping but also with now like okay what spells can i What slots can I extend here? Expend. Um, And I like that it makes it feel for me... You're playing 4D chess right now. Exactly. It makes it feel for me like wizards are rarer. Mm. because and and i know that when you're playing in like faerun or you're playing in um a home setting that's got a really high magic feel right high fantasy like oh everyone can cast magic i mean when you look at the player characters most of them have some but like, form of like magic. you
0: say it makes a fireball more rare because even the mm-hmm. people who can cast fireball Can't cast it like once, once a week, a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know it,
1: it, it makes it makes an actual full-blown wizard like someone who actually devotes their life because you, you a wizard is someone who devotes their time to study and learning the arcane arts like it makes that feel like an actual hurdle that they've got through and now they're this big magic caster and everyone else is only dabbling which is what i think it's meant to be because that's in the way i see it that's what a wizard is compared to a sorcerer or a cleric or a, a druid it's just like they they've taken the the commitment to another level yeah um i think i think but the, it, it, it does worry me that it, it would make me feel like oh i've lost all my spell i can't do anything like until we rest for And i do hours. think it
0: doesn't work as well with certain classes like paladins Correct. I think think because Paladins are half-casters, they don't get that many spell slots, especially at low level. You Mm -hmm. know, they are really limited on their spell slots. I think at, like, level five, you have, like, a couple second-level spell slots, maybe two or three first level. Mm. Maybe, Maybe not even that. I can't remember. And so you're really limited and it's not like your spells are doing big AoE damage or stuff like that you're not you're dropping them on smites on a single yeah. target so
1: and smite is a big thing for paladins like you you should be able to do that it's a really strong mechanic people argue it's overpowered I disagree <laughs> but uh, I can see where they're coming from <laughs> I
0: strongly disagree um, but it's, it is the thing they have you know what I mean it's like It's like taking spellcasting away from the wizard, or, you know... That's
1: what makes him a paladin. Yeah,
0: or or taking metamagic away from the sorcerer, although it doesn't make much difference because (laughs) the sorcerers are terrible. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Move on. Um, uh, But I think in this case, it may hurt, because even if you're being very cautious with your spell slots, I would think it would work if you gave the paladin, like, the arcane recovery ability of the... um, wizard. The wizard. So they could get maybe one spell slot back on a short rest. Yeah. I, or maybe, I think it would be pretty cool if you could recover a single spell slot up to half your paladin level. So that's the thought. So if you're fourth level, you can get a second level spell slot back. I've just had a thought. Even if you get second level slots at that level, Let's
1: roll back to Arcane Recovery as an example. You can regain a level of spell slots equal to half your wizard level I think it yeah, is? Yeah, up
0: to a maximum of five. So if you're right. level if you're level ten wizard, you could get a fifth level spell slot. Does back. it
1: not say in the rules that you can only you can do it in a short rest, but then you can't do it again until you've long rested?
0: Yes, yes, that's correct. So you can get you can do it on one of those
1: short rests. How how would this new rest system affect that? How would, how would this new rest system affect the abilities that say you can do it a short rest but not until you've had a long rest? Because what if you go a week short resting and then at the end of that week you're like, okay, we can finally have a long rest. It's like, God, you're really drained at that point. Mm. I would maybe, I would maybe give some more lenience
0: to the, um, those classes. So I would maybe say, okay, you can do it normally once and then the second time you do it, You get an extra level of exhaustion. It's, um, or something like no, that. No, your, but you're like your maximum spell level drops even more like so you can only do it up to level four spells and then level right, three. So if you spells. start five then four so like if you three, do it like three times in a row you, you know maybe you can only two. get you can only get like a second level spell slot back yeah. you can get a bunch a couple of them but not you know yeah so you're limited on you what you can do it's and an a, interesting idea and i would i would like to be able to get the wizard to always be able to recover some first level spell slots because at least it then means they're not out of shields or mage armors because a, 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 a wizard antrips. that's out of shields and mage armors is like Pretty pathetic.
1: <laughs> yes, I agree to an extent because I now I'm thinking about my wizard that I play, Orlo, he's a war wizard and he's very much kind of like magic's his thing, but he, he Magic's a, his thing? Yeah, he's a wizard, he likes magic, yeah, you know. Shock. He wants it all. He's uh, he's addicted, he's got an addictive personality. But he um he dabbles, he's a jack of all trades. Um and he has a sword and he has a staff and he can hit people with his sword, like he knows what he's doing, he's got enough he's not good at it. Like he's not an, like he's not his main forte, but he's got enough that he can stand on his own two legs. So I feel like playing that wizard with this rest system would be great fun because he would start off with all of his spells, and in combat, being a war wizard who can who has a plus eight to initiative, because um, he's got really good mm. in, he can basically assess the battlefield, go right, okay, I'm going to go first, more times than none, he's going to go near the top of the initiative order, and he's like, right, okay. I, I can see here we're fighting five goblins I'm not going to worry too much I'm going to pull my sword out I'm going to get towards the middle of the battlefield and I'm going to f- do fire bolts and sword slashes but then when he's in another combat a couple of days later and it's five goblins and two bugbears and he's like okay I need to start using some level one spells in this combat he might you know it changes his mm. taxes up he becomes he's not a one trick pony
0: I think this system would also work really well for someone like a Blade singer. because the yes. issue with is once you get high levels um it kind of becomes the whole melee aspect of it comes somewhat redundant, redundant. Yeah. Like you still get all the cool uh, defensive benefits but you're not really doing what a blade is doing. You are blade singing but you're just standing in one spot and casting, you mm-hmm. know, uh, walls of force yeah. and disintegrates and whatnot. So because why would you why would you slash your sword twice when you can put someone in a force cage? <laughs> like <laughs> you know. You it's, know. True, it's true. It's a bit it's a bit cool. but obviously If your spells are getting drained, you know, you do want that backup of being able to, at least I can do something more effective than just a cantrip every round. So I can do this, you know, repeatedly, and then when it comes... I think people who would really suffer from this would be like evokers, because evokers burn through spell slots a lot quicker than other classes. Mm -hmm. Because other wizards, generally, when you go into a combat, your first round, you you cast a concentration spell, and then your main focus is not losing concentration. Hmm. So maybe you're doing a firebolt here or you'll cast another spell but generally because you're focusing on concentrating on that one spell that's your main um, impact on the combat. Yeah. You're generally only spending one or two spell slots per encounter even at higher levels Hmm. whereas if you're an evoker you're not focused on that so you're blasting every round and you drain through through those spell slots really fast and let you know and obviously at higher levels you can do more things like telekinesis or big speed's hand or whatever but so I think for that that sort of character, would probably struggle a lot more in this system.
1: It's tricky, because on on paper, I think this system is an incredible idea. I think it's great. I think Jono's hit a massive, massive nail on the head
0: here. Like, like if I was an evoker, I'd want to get, like, um, probably, like, a magic initiate feat and take Eldritch Blast or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But the problem is, it, it procs off your
1: charisma, Yeah, so you're... then you split between two stats yeah i i think it's a great idea i think um and i think it would work really well and i'm thinking about ways that ways to implement it so i think this kind of rest system would work really well in Tomb of annihilation um i'm not thinking about the tomb now because he's mentioned that in his email i'm thinking about the actual exploration of the forest and the jungle and like imagine having like and i mean bear in mind i know you haven't read the book so going off the fact that you've got no knowledge of it because you haven't played it yet the it's it's a hex crawl and there are random encounters but there are things along the way. So like one of the early encounters you might find is a camp called Camp Righteous. And it's like, you know, they're they're really down on their luck. They're really struggling. But they're a fortification in a way. Like they've got the wooden wall and and they're a camp and they need your help and you need their help. So imagine being a party that's exploring this jungle for a week and you can only have Um, Short rests in areas That you can probably fortify Because you're resting in a jungle And there's like Zombies and T-Rexes Wandering around So you're going to be exhausted You're probably going to be down And then zombie T-Rexes Yeah exactly (laughs) You're going to be down on resources And then you finally Come across a camp In the middle of this jungle And you're like holy crap, we can rest here. We can actually rest for the next day. So you approach the NPCs and you're like, look, I'm, we need to rest. Like, We'll help you in exchange. Let's have 24 hours to get uh, get ourselves together and then we'll start working together. And then you've got the whole story aspects of the camp being like, okay, yeah, but you can't leave now because you're too good and we want you here forever. Mm. We need your help. Like it, That that just adds such it, another level you know, to I, it. That, I, that is a really great feeling you can put in a game. And I, I try to... Um... Also would go really well with the meat grinder mode of... Um, with death saves to make it just a little bit yeah. harder.
0: And like that, that was the sort of feeling I tried to evoke on that kind of long journey mm. part of my campaign was, you know, when you did get to some sort of haven from the elements and the yes. dangers, you did feel more elated. It reminds me a lot of, um, you know, in certain video games or something, it always reminds me I have this feeling every time I'm in Oblivion mm-hmm. when I would go into, like, a dungeon. Mm. And I don't know why, but I hate going into, like, dark, danky dungeons in open-world video games. I'm just like... I just, you I just,
1: suddenly feel boxed
0: in. Yeah, I should yeah. be out there in the forest. And then, you know when you'd finally get it and then you'd get out and see the sun again and you're just like,
1: oh... Oh, thank God. Yeah, you yeah. know.
0: Or you're going on a really long... Oh, it reminded me massively of, like, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Whenever you would try it, you'd you see something crazy in the distance, like a town, and you just try and get there. And Breath of the Wild has such that... that raw visceral open world environment and you really are up against the elements and because you have to eat and and like um, you know look after your temperature and stuff like that when you finally get to a place of haven you're just like or you get to a shrine and you have a save point you're like oh thank god and uh, being able to um, and then you die and respawn back and when you're able to emulate that in a um in a game, or or especially like in Dark Souls, when you finally get a bonfire, mm-hmm. you're like, oh thank god, mm-hmm. oh thank god, I don't have to, I don't have to do that section ever again. <laughs> and you know, literally, when you see a, bo- sometimes when you see a bonfire in Dark Souls, it's like,
1: like I can stop playing for the night. <laughs> yes, <it> literally.
0: <laughs> I've been going for three hours. Oh, <laughs> uh, honestly, it is absolutely insane. Or when you finally beat that boss, you're like, yeah. I don't have to do that boss run ever again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and being able to emulate that in D and D is really awesome and i think this is definitely one way of doing it um like i said i think it does it has some balance issues with some classes um i
1: think it goes along with um i think it would be one of those rule sets that i'm going to put in the back of my pocket and keep in mind every time i'm planning a session like i do with the the other initiative system that we've used that we've talked about before uh i forget what we called it um i can't remember Oh, it's it's an Unearthed Arcana. You can go and find it. It's a new initiative system. It came out early in the year, if not late and last year.
0: I think it wor- I think the system works as long as the classes still feel like the classes the players are trying to play.
1: Yeah. So this one I thing, thing
0: is- I think a paladin ceases to feel like a paladin. When they can't smite. when you don't have any spell slots
1: mm-hmm. like after like it just feel, it doesn't feel as good so I'm so I think that this system like with that initiative system is something that you can you can pull out for special occasions so I pulled out that initiative when you had your one-on-one trial by combat that made the the actual combat much more intense and and you never you don't know when anyone's gonna go and how it's gonna work mm. I think this um, resting system is really good like I'll probably pull it out if I want you to experience a really long travel time or if you're gonna explore the jungles of Chou or or you know that's that's the kind of thing I'd save this for I would like to use it for a for a full campaign and see how it goes and I'm really I'm, I'm actually thinking maybe this could work really well with Tim of Annihilation just need some, some pre-thought and, and planning on the on the actual tomb um, but Johnny said he's, he's given it a go and it sounds like it went alright yeah it sounds that way um, and I think I think it's something to worth thinking about and worth trying uh, you know worth thinking about and worth trying but if you're one of those DMs that's thinking, look, this is great. I like the idea, but I don't think my players are going to get behind it. Bring it out for a one-shot. See how they feel. Bring it out for a one-off game of the campaign to try it. Maybe as a special occasion, like when they get to a certain area. Like, okay, but in this forest, this is how it's going to work. Mm. See how it rests, uh, how it settles on the shoulders, how the des- dust flies. And, um, and then maybe talk about giving it a full go. And if you think, yeah, I want to change the rest system in d d as they are written already, but I don't want to do this... What what do you think to that? What would you say? Because I'd say I allow a short rest if the players can justify it. Mm. Is that fair? Yeah, exactly. I always, if
0: I I just I find it difficult as a DM sometimes to f- to f- understand if I'm just being difficult for difficult's sake. If yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, or I'm trying to evoke a feeling that's not it's not necessary to the enjoyment of the game. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, 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 going back to that Dark Souls feeling, that that feeling of oppression and difficulty is core to the enjoyment of that. And, like, like, for instance, in Dark Souls, you, you'll find, even in the level design, you're almost always, when, you're, you, when you see something in the distance, you're almost always ascending to it, you know? Mm. Especially in the original Dark Souls, you're always ascending. And in the sections where you have to go down into the depths, you know, those are the really scary, the really difficult sections. And then again, when you ascend out of them, it feels like you're you're literally reaching a new level physically, but also like spiritually. You're like, oh, I've, I've made it, you know. Man. And in d I think you always need to have that slight heroic bent to it. Yeah. So as long as it doesn't feel... Like that's the difference between sorry, like Dark, do- Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Like Bloodborne is just oppressive from start to end. And that's the feeling they want to go to. But that's, I think, for a more niche audience than people who do want to have that heroic kind of climax at the end of that adventure so yeah. as as long as it you you can beat your players down but you do want to give them the opportunity to rise up at the end of it I think and uh, the rest mechanics can play into that just like any other mechanics can do.
1: Yeah I think you've just got to try it just try try different things out see what sticks um, I I have never said to the players that's not true I have said to the players no you can't rest here mm. and there's nothing wrong with that if, if they're in the middle of a dungeon and there's n- they-, and they can't find a safe space, they can't find a safe space I mean we've had we've had games where you've gone, yeah we're going to rest here and I'm like okay fine and halfway through the rest you get ambushed because that's what would happen mm. if that's what would happen, that's what would happen and sometimes the players have to go through that to know that do you know what I mean? Like they yeah. have to experience that to know that okay yeah we shouldn't have rested here, I get it now um, I don't think there's anything
0: wrong with that Yeah no absolutely and I think some of the best moments in my campaign have been those moments where you've kind of broken through like, say, so, like when you got to the temple mm-hmm. um, on that snowy pass mm-hmm. and managed to break through there or like when you got to the the monk temple in the forest you know those moments of like okay we've made it yeah. you know th- that's that's yeah. what the, those feelings I think are really good um,
1: and you can get that with the old system but you can I can see how you can definitely get it with this yeah, system and
0: you can enhance it yeah, yeah. for sure
1: cool okay I like it I feel like I need a rest now <laughs> Um, am I gonna make a cup of tea have a couple of hobnobs uh, that'll be my short rest roll a couple of hit die most
0: people are gonna be confused at what a hobnob is then
1: American people have hobnob surely I don't think they do it's like an oaty biscuit it's like an oaty biscuit with a with hop-nob. a hobnob yeah and we hobnob and a knob in uk slang is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i love a good hobnob <laughs> you I, do i love a knob or two <laughs> don't we all don't we all mate <laughs> all right i actually will go and put the kettle on if you fancy one again oh of course mate. okay course. cool uh if you want to get in touch with us uh, by the email and um, send us any of your own mechanics and ideas and we'll we'll go over them we'll chat about them it's we speak common at hotmail.com on twitter to keep your eye out for the next competition we do we haven't got one planned, but there will be one in the future, I I'm guarantee. sure there will be. There's uh, always
0: cool stuff coming out.
1: Exactly. At We Speak Common. Um, and if you see posts on Reddit about us, it's probably usually us. And if it isn't, that's a miracle. It means someone likes us enough to post about us. So or
0: hates us enough to post about us.
1: Either or, all, I'm up for it. All publicity <laughs> good. is good publicity. Especially hateful, <laughs> because it means they're, they're so annoyed. I always like, sorry, side note, having worked in the media industry, my favourite thing is when people go, ah, can't believe it. I hate that you do this, this, and this. And I, I, I heard this on the radio the other day, and it's like, ah. Oh, but you were listening, <laughs> so I've got you. <laughs> yeah. So all, all publicity is good publicity. But um, get in touch with us. We'll happily talk about stuff, and we will see you uh, next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening today. If you like the podcast, do us a favour. Leave us a like or review on your platform of choice and share us with your friends. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at WeSpeakCommon or through the email wespeakcommon at hotmail.com. The music in the podcast is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is licensed under an attribution license, CC, by NC. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.